0: And good morning. I'm so glad that you're with us today. My name is Daniel, as Timothy just said, and I'm one of the pastors here. And we did have to make the decision to move to indoor streaming only because of the weather. It's been a rainy weekend here in Durham, a rainy Sunday morning. Uh, that's preventing us from being together outside. And so I'm glad that you're with us uh, today. Uh, We're in a sermon series titled Answering Jesus. We're looking at questions that Jesus asked throughout the Gospels of our Bible. Our plan is to be in this series until the coming of the season of Advent. We've chosen 12 questions for this series from over 300 plus questions that Jesus asked. Jesus was and is the champion question asker. He's not asking questions in order to dispense information or to purely give moral directives, but he's asking questions for the purpose of engaging in personal conversation. Jesus's questions are invitations invitations into deeper friendship and relationship. And the question that we're looking at this morning is the question, do you want to be healed? Or some translations word it, do you want to be made well? We're going to look at John chapter five, verses two through nine. If you want to turn with us in the word or it's on the screen as well, this is God's word to us this morning. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethsaida, which has five roof colonnades. And these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, knew that he had already been there a long time. He said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. The prophet Isaiah tells us that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but God's word endures forever. Pray with me. Lord God, we need you to speak to us this morning. As we just sang, speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. Would you speak and create and recreate hearts that want to follow, lives that want to trust and follow you? Lord, would you bring healing, wholeness to us this morning? I do pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing to you. Speak, Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen. Well, one of the great literary classics of the 17th century is the work of John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress. It's an allegory of the journey of a Christian's life. The main character's name is Christian. Christian is journeying to the celestial city. And as he starts on his journey, he and a character named Pliable find themselves in the slew of despond, or as it is also called the swamp of despair. They find themselves stuck in this muddy swamp, unable to get out, unable to help themselves. And it's a picture of how we can often find ourselves in this life stuck, depressed, weighed down, burdened, hopeless. And maybe we take a step or two forward, but the mud of the swamp of despair bogs us down. This year has felt heavy. And maybe you feel like you have been stuck in the swamp of despair. We're in the midst of a pandemic, social unrests, There's deep political divide, and add on top of that all of our personal problems. Loneliness, depression, marriage struggles, addictions, job frustrations, financial concerns, strained family relationships, health concerns, and the list can go on and on. In John chapter five, verses two to nine, it seems like a straightforward story about a paralyzed man who gets healed, but it's so much more. It is a wonderful story for all of us about hope and healing in the midst of despair. One of my favorite hymns is a hymn that we sing a lot here at Christ Central, Heal Us, Emmanuel. As I've been preparing for this sermon all week, a line from this hymn has been my prayer for all of us. Send none despairing home, send none unhealed away. Heal us, God. Send none despairing home, Send none unhealed away. So here's the question. How will God heal us and send none despairing home? The first thing that I want us to look at is that we must see our need for healing. In our passage, Jesus goes to Jerusalem. And the first place that Jesus goes is not to the palace or to the party. Jesus doesn't make his way to the elite and the influential, but Jesus immediately goes to the sick and the needy. He goes to a pool called Bethsaida. Verse 3 tells us that here lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. This was a disheveled mass of humanity, but it was full of individual souls. Verse 5 says there was one man who had been an invalid for 38 years. Thirty-eight years. That is longer than the majority of you have been alive. 38 years. This man was a paraplegic. He had no use of his legs. It is hard to be disabled today, but can you imagine the obstacles in first century? There were no wheelchairs. There's no way to get around. He would literally have to drag his body everywhere, meaning he would be disfigured. And because of his paralysis, he would also have had very poor bowel and bladder control. This man literally was a mess. And vocationally, he had no work. He was homeless. Socially, he was isolated and friendless. The disabled in first century were viewed as cursed. So he was rejected by his family. Verse five tells us that, there, that he had no one to help him. From a spiritual standpoint, he would have been viewed as unclean and therefore shut out from the life of Israel. All of this for 38 years years, 38 years of physical disability and pain, social isolation, hopelessness, and despair. And can you imagine what damage this would cause upon a person's soul? I mean, this man's soul is as sick as his body, 38 years of being treated with cruelty, how angry he must've been, how much shame he bore, the rage, the jealousy of others, the hopelessness and despair experienced for 38 years. When God created the world, he created the world and he created everyone for flourishing. The Bible calls it, he he created us for shalom, for wholeness, for peace, wholeness with God, with others, with creation, with work, with our bodies. But evil's goal is to destroy God's flourishing world, to destroy relationship with God, with others, with creation, with our work, and with our bodies. And listen, you might not be able to relate to this man's physical brokenness, though some of you can. Every single one of us can point to an area of our lives where we are not whole, where we're not well, where we are not healed all of our lives feel shattered in some way. Feel lonely, filled with shame or guilt, experiencing deep sadness and you may not know why. There's bitterness because of hurt in relationships. Your marriage is on the brink of divorce. Vocationally, you're frustrated and just want a different job or at least want to work with different people. If we want God to send none despairing home, to send none unhealed away, we must first admit that all of us are needy and broken. Secondly, we need to understand where we look for healing or more pointedly, if we look for healing. This man is looking to the pool for his healing. And we can all miss something if we're not paying attention. If you noticed in our passage, verse four is missing. Verse four was not part of the original manuscript, so it was left out. But in the margins of many of our Bibles, verse four is referenced because it was later added to give meaning and understanding to this mysterious pool. So let me read verse four for you. It says, waiting for the moving of the waters for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool, stirred the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. Now catch this. This man was putting all his hope in a singular myth that when an angel would visit the pool, it would have healing properties for the first person who visited it. Now, can we not also get fixated and have a singular hope? Believing something has healing properties for our neediness and brokenness. If we can just start eating the right diet, if we can just get on a steady exercise routine. If we can just commit to mindful practices daily, then all of a sudden we're gonna start feeling better. Verse four is a subtle commentary on, on a subtle tendency in our lives to look to one thing besides the Lord to bring healing and wholeness. And I might say it's so subtle in our lives that many of us have gone into our fields of work or given ourselves to certain causes or activities because we think that doing so might bring some healing and wholeness in our lives. But what I really want us to see about this man is that he really isn't looking for healing at all. He's deeply despairing and has lost hope that he can be healed. I mean, this man, he doesn't go to Jesus. Jesus goes to him. Jesus takes the initiative because that's what Jesus does. Jesus is the pursuer of the broken and the needy. And Jesus is pursuing you this morning. The fact that you're listening, it's a sign that God is pursuing you. So Jesus comes to this man and he asks him, do you want to be healed? And it seems strange, doesn't it? (laughs) Because of course this man wants to be healed. He, He has been laying beside this pool for so long, hoping to touch the waters But in his response to Jesus, we're left wondering, does he really want to be healed? Because look at verse seven. It says, the sick man answered Jesus, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. The man doesn't answer Jesus's question. He just lists reasons why healing is not possible and why things won't work out as planned. It's easier for him to be hopeless to wallow in doubt and self-pity than to believe Jesus can bring change. Jesus is asking this man this question to awaken his crushed soul. Jesus is inviting this man to hope yet again in the midst of despair. And Jesus is asking each of us this morning, do you want to be healed? And he's inviting us to have hope. But a sad reality for us is that it's often easier to be comfortable with our maladies than really want to be healed and changed. Let me say that again. It is easier to be comfortable with our maladies than really want to be healed and changed. One reason this is the case is because we're comfortable with our sin. But you might say you wanna be generous and thought of as generous, but you also really like having stuff. And so it's easier to be comfortable with selfishness rather than healed of selfishness and become generous. Do you really want to be healed? You might say that you want to be a peacemaker, someone who brings peace and resolution between parties, but you also really enjoy being right. So it's easier just to remain being quarrelsome. Do you really want to be healed? You might say you want to share your faith in Jesus with others, but you also don't want to be disliked. So it's easier to remain silent than speak about Jesus. Do you really want to be healed? Another reason that it's easier to be comfortable with our maladies is because of our own brokenness. Your marriage, it just doesn't seem to be getting any better. The patterns and the habits had been there for so long and And so change in in marriage, it means change for you. It's just easier to coast and let things be as they have been. Do you really want to be healed? You've been battling addiction for so long, porn, alcohol, medication, and you're tired of the shame cycle where you get a little bit of hope for change, you make a plan, You fail at your plan, you feel guilty and you're filled with shame and then you rinse and repeat. You're so tired of the shame cycle that you just wanna settle for a secret life of addiction. Do you really want to be healed? Sometimes we're conscious, but often we're unconscious that our vices and maladies become ways we cope with life. And because of sin and brokenness, we're cynical We're filled with hopelessness and unbelief that we can be healed just like this paralyzed man. So let me ask you, where do you sense that you're not whole? Where do you feel the pain of sin and brokenness? Where are you looking for healing? More pointedly, do you really want to be healed? If we want God to send none despairing home, to send none unhealed away, we must confess that we look to other things for healing. And more honestly, we must confess that we may not really want to be healed. The final thing that I want us to look at is how healing happens. As I said, the paralyzed man, he doesn't answer Jesus's question, but Jesus, he speaks anyway. Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once, this man was healed and he took up his bed and he walked. Don't miss this, imagine this scene. This man does not have a pulled hamstring. He's been paralyzed for 38 years, body disfigured, his skin scarred, muscles atrophied, and Jesus speaks, get up and walk. And this man's muscles are restored skin reframed, body fully revived so that at once he picks up his bed and he walks. This is an echo of Genesis chapter one. The creator God standing over darkness and chaos and saying, let there be light and there was light. God saying, let us make man and woman in our image and he created male and female. Jesus Christ is standing over the sick man who was broken and in need, and Jesus is recreating with the power of his word. This man thinks he needs to be brought to healing, that he needs to be brought to the pool. And Jesus is saying, I am healing. I am the pool. This man who wants to touch the water, Jesus is telling him, I am the water. Jesus is the one who can make the water swell. He can make the water calm. Jesus can walk on water. And Jesus is declaring, I am the living water. In the chapter from the gospel of John, just before this in John chapter four, Jesus tells the woman at the well, he who drinks of the water that I give, it will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Listen, if you wanna be healed, if you wanna be forgiven, you wanna be loved, received, treasured, It doesn't matter what your brokenness looks like. It doesn't matter how spiritually paralyzed you might feel. Jesus wants you to come to the water. He wants you to come to him. Maybe you're worshiping with us this morning and you're you're not a Christian. You're intrigued by Jesus. You're interested enough to join us. You might be asking, why why are you interested? But you're here, Jesus is pursuing you. And you need to hear that if you wanna be healed, If you wanna be made whole, come to the water, come to Jesus. And if you're a Christian, we too must come to Jesus. There is nobody listening who's without need of healing. None of us are whole. Maybe it's physical healing that you need. Maybe your soul feels weighted down and burdened because of this broken world. Maybe you feel stuck in the swamp of despair and you've lost hope. Let me encourage you to come to Jesus. Please don't list the reasons why you can't be healed. Listen, church, we don't have some pie in the sky hope. Some pie in the sky hope that our lives might get better or that this world might get better. In Jesus, we have resurrection hope. Jesus tells this man, get up and walk. When Jesus looked at this paralyzed man and said, get up, It is an anticipation of the words that every believer in Jesus will hear. At the end of John chapter five, Jesus says, truly, truly, an hour is coming when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. In verse 28 says, all who are in tombs will hear his voice and come out, will get up and rise. There's coming a day when full healing will happen. All who are lame, all who struggle will be healed a day when every tear will be wiped away. And the reason this isn't pie in the sky, hopeful optimism, but rather a sure hope is because Jesus took the place of the sick man. He bore the weight of sin and darkness. He would be crushed in body and soul, crucified for the sins of the world. And then three days later, he would get up. He would resurrect and have power over sin and darkness. And Romans chapter eight tells us that the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So hear me, resurrection hope, it brings resurrection power right now. Yes, one day, someday we will experience full salvation not partial healing, but wholeness. And so we wait with hope, but we also hope for healing right now. Jesus is asking us this question today. Do you really want to be healed? And he is ready to intervene into our lives right now, just like he intervened into the life of this paralyzed man. I was trying to come up with a story about healing where someone's life was changed in the present moment and I couldn't think of just one story to do justice uh, to the truth that Jesus is able to heal right now because there are countless stories of people who were spiritually uninterested in Jesus and Jesus healed the unbelief and gifted faith. Countless stories of people who were trapped in destructive behaviors or addictions and Jesus healed and set people free. Countless stories of people whose marriages were on the brinks and Jesus healed the marriage and set them on a new trajectory. Countless stories of people who've had strained relationships with family or friends and Jesus healed the relationship and brought reconciliation. Countless stories of people who've had physical ailments and Jesus healed the physical pain. One story doesn't do justice to Jesus' healing because Jesus doesn't bring healing in the same way to every person. Sometimes it's instant. Sometimes it takes therapy. Sometimes it takes time. But I do want you to hear this. Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to make you whole. And you might feel stuck in the swamp of despair, struggling, tempted, longing, but you're losing hope, you're despairing. Come to Jesus and believe. He is the well of water that never runs dry. And let all of us cry out, heal us. Send none despairing home. God, would you send none of us unhealed away? Let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would bring your healing power those of us who are gathered in the sanctuary to everybody that is tuning in via stream to the spirit of the living God who lives within the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead would bring healing to us Lord give us faith to believe and just enough faith to come to the water to come to Jesus and we thank you that even when we don't have the faith to come you pursue us you come after us you're doing that this morning So gift us faith to trust you, Jesus. And would you bring healing now and would you give us hope that one day, someday healing will be complete. The shalom of God will cover the new heavens and the new earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as the band comes and we're gonna sing one final song, I'm gonna ask you if you're able to stand uh, at home and we're gonna profess our faith. We believe in the word preached that, as true as it, it is to the scriptures, it is the voice of God speaking to us, it's not my voice. And as he's spoken to us this morning, we wanna profess what we believe to be true of God. And we use a historic creed, the Apostles' Creed, and so I'm gonna ask you if you're a Christian, let us profess this faith. Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord,